Welcome to the Lens Podcast, where we talk about current events, news, family, church, and life from a biblical worldview. We want to help people think about these things through the lens of the Bible. I'm your producer, David Wiseman, and here are your hosts, Brian and Brian. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast today. My name is Brian Hanson. And I'm Brian Solomon. Thanks for joining us here today. Brian, we typically have three segments that we roll through in our show. We're kind of throwing our uh, pattern and our plan kind of out the window here today. Uh, Brian, do you want to take us into what we're going to be talking about? Yeah, so we have a potpourri of topics that we're going to be talking about today, Brian, basically three of them. And uh, the first one is going to be conference. We're going to talk about confusion. Well, the the conference is the conference that we just came from about uh, two weeks ago uh, in Washington, D.C. Confusion, uh, one of the Main topics of the day is uh, all the elite presidents from, uh, or the presidents from elite universities, uh, specifically on the East Coast, and how they were before Congress and couldn't answer some specific questions. And then the time of year, uh, Christmas. So we have conference, confusion, and Christmas that we're going to be talking about today. Three C's. A beautiful conversational potpourri of topics here today. <laughs> so, so Brian, like you said, uh, two weeks ago, we were in Washington, D.C., and the ministry that we're connected with, Capital Ministries, had their biannual uh, Global Ministry Leader Training Conference. And uh, do you want to kind of take us into that? Well, so just let me say, first of all, that uh, this was was a conference that uh, you and I were looking forward to uh, for quite some time. It really started back in April where we have done conferences, um, I don't even know, it's it's more than annually, I don't know if you could say quarterly, but as needed, multiple times throughout the year. And they've been the same now for a number of times. But uh, you specifically were tasked with uh, conversations of revamping our training and everything. And t- t- tell us a little bit about what the training is and, and maybe some of the ways that uh, you change it up for the better. Yeah. So uh, our, our, our founder and president Ca- uh, of Capital Ministries, Ralph Drollinger, yeah. uh, has shaped six training sessions that uh, really kind of um, uh, make the, the foundation of our, our training work. And historically, those uh, the delivery of those six training sessions have been purely monologue. Uh, Ralph will teach. Uh, there's uh, kind of a paper outlines that we'll go through and, and, uh, but it's, it's very one, one way delivery. And so over the last five, six months, uh, uh, been tasked with kind of revamping, retooling some of those, those train training segments, uh, keeping the spirit of the content the same, but kind of packaging it in a, in a way that our training materials will have a shelf life for decades to come. And so uh, what we did uh, last spring, we actually brought Ralph and his wife and our team. We descended onto the campus of Cedarville University, and we actually videoed all of our training. Um, and we put all of those six segments on, uh, on video, and then we extrapolated the transcripts from those video and turned that into a whole teaching manual so that our global directors uh, who are serving uh, on all five continents around the world could have the tools at their disposal to then train future ministry leaders. And so we have now a, uh, a whole series of videos that we use for training. Now we have a teacher manual, and then we revamped a 
uh, what we're calling it a participant uh, guide. So those who will be trained have a guide to go ahead and fill in blanks and yeah. journal thoughts and reflect on questions. And and the training itself, as it was delivered, uh, we 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 took it more from a more of a monologue. Um, centralized delivery to to be a little bit more uh, collaborative and, uh, and a lot more dialogue and uh, just uh, inviting others to participate truly in the learning and um, and it and it was a great time from my point of view yeah. to see our men from uh, literally sixty different countries throw themselves into the new training uh, materials and the platform and the style. And they just, I think, had a blast. What, yeah. what was your take on that? Oh, a- absolutely. And if, if you're just listening to this podcast, you're like, well, what in the world training are you talking about? And that's probably a good question because, uh, the, the like, like you said, Brian, we have six different segments, uh, sections that we uh, talk about. The first one is really the missiology behind why we do what we do. And yeah. that is working with political leaders around the world. And, um, and so there, there are a lot of churches today that think that the government is evil. The right. church, you know, is, is God's, uh, uh, the, the, the bride of Christ, which is absolutely true. But we, um, we look at starting with Acts chapter nine, and we look at Paul's specific calling to the political leaders of his day, going to the book of Acts, going to the book of Luke, going to the book of first Timothy, yep. and really kind of extrapolating, um, um, the the call of God to for the church specifically Paul, but then for the church uh, to work in this political arena. So we 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 do that. That's one section, one segment of our training. The other to make disciples in the political arena ab- and and to raise up, I think, Christians to look at politics as not a, a forgotten field. But, That's right. But they need to have an incarnational presence in that realm. The church has abandoned it for decades. Right. And then we do a a whole, so, so that's one of our, our main sections. And then the other main section that we do is like uh, you you just said, making disciples. So how do we go about making disciples of Jesus Christ in the political arena? And um, we, we talk a lot about what does it mean to make a disciple, by the way, uh, just, just an interesting, um, an interesting side note. And one of the reasons why we've named this podcast, the lens is the, answer to this question. Brian, how do you know when you've made a disciple? Yeah. Well, you got to start with the word disciple. Yeah. And what's the Greek word for disciple? Mathetes. That's right. So, so, um, so, so that, that is about the process of making the disciple. But when this, this is something that people wrestle with Christians because there's, um, we're, we're always to be making disciples, right? But how do you know when you've actually made one? That's right. Well, it's when they can see the world through the lens, lens of, of the scripture. Bible. Yeah. That's right. And that Greek word, uh, or mathetes, uh, we actually uh, can transliterate that word into mathematician. Yep. And so literally, as we're thinking about making disciples, we're trying to make spiritual calculators, uh, yeah. someone who can look at the world and calculate the equation that they see through the lens of of what the Bible actually says. So, so making a disciple is literally producing a spiritual calculator, one who can look at what's happening in the world through the lens of what the Bible actually says. So, 
So, so our ministry is, we, we say that we have weekly exegetical, in other words, verse by verse Bible studies. Right. And then you, so we, we take those Bible studies and then we make a specific application if, if qualified to the person in the political arena. Right. And uh, so that's kind of our, our mojo, how we, um, why we do what we do, how we do what we do in the, in the whole aspect of making disciples and then, uh, and then we talk about things like um, uh, how how to be accepted in the political arena, like right. even how to dress and what what shoes to wear and what what suit to wear and what kind right. of shirt to wear and what kind of tie and how to tie a tie. Uh, not because we're we're mandating necessarily just you know um, personal styles of dress, but if you really want to be accepted in this arena, these are kind of some suggestions on how to do it. Right. And, it, and it's not uh, just our opinions and whims and that sort of thing is you, you talk about dress and that sort of thing. You can, you can go to one extreme and says, well, that sounds pretty legalistic yeah. or that sounds pretty superficial or, well, it's actually biblical. When you think about how Joseph, before he went to see Pharaoh, yeah. the scripture says that he cleaned himself up. He yeah. dressed the part so that he could be accepted in the eyes of Pharaoh so that his words would be received. Yeah. And so uh, there, there's a, there's a, a component of that, that, that a perspective ministry leader has to be mindful of. So that, that's what we, we teach um, a, a broad overview of, of two solid days worth of teaching. But Brian, as we were there, there were some, there were some highlight moments. There were some highlights. What, what was some highlight moments for you? Well, so uh one of the the ministry partners that we have is a is a very prominent political figure, uh, former governor of Texas, Rick Perry. Um, he served in the Trump administration as the energy secretary, but uh, Secretary Perry, Governor Perry, whatever title you want to give yeah, him, Rick Perry yeah. has uh, has really helped us open doors as we've tried to help churches deploy ministry leaders in their local government. Context and so, yeah. uh, our research tells us that there's over forty thousand incorporated and unincorporated cities and towns in the United States, and that has uh, really produced about five hundred thousand locally elected government officials. And so, if the Church of Jesus Christ in America is looking for an unreached people group, there's one to start. And no so, kidding. so he's really helped us. Uh, try to connect local churches to really embrace this this mission, this what we call the missing mandate and modern missions to reach locally elected officials for Christ. So we uh, we we had a dinner one night where we just honored him for his efforts, and it was it was a delight to to pray for him and former uh, Secretary of Labor Alex Acosta. And then after that dinner, we had a private night tour mm -hmm. of the United States Capitol. And there were a couple of congressmen that that led this private night tour. And we got to walk uh, through the halls of the of the of the of the, the Capitol building and we descended into the rotunda there. Yeah. And uh, and and while we had two separate groups that were going in different directions, the main group of our guys were together. And uh, and Brian, you led us in a rousing rendition of a familiar hymn, and it was great to just sing that hymn in uh, in the rotunda and hearing the acoustics bounce yeah. off the walls. Why don't you take the story from there? Well, you know, so a, a few years ago when we were there, I was doing a late night tour and there was about six of us on that tour. And, and we went to the rotunda and there was nobody else there. It was just us. 
and um, and we sang the doxology. Mm. <clears throat> well, that it was either that morning or the morning before uh, when we start out start out our day. We uh, we started with a hymn, and we we sang how. Um, to God be the uh, glory. Yeah, to, to God be the glory. And uh, so it was fresh on everybody's minds. And um, and so we just got there. And, you know, for me, I I don't know. These are the eyes that I view this from. I th- There is a spiritual battle in that place. Like you can, th- th- there is a weight. You can almost sense the presence of darkness. And I just love it when we go in and we just blast them, you know, to smithereens. So we're standing there in the middle of the rotunda. And I I just said, hey, guys, you know, the, the Satan, this has been his, uh, his playroom for a long time. How about let's just have a little fun and let's just sing out to God. And man, did they ever. And it was the rotunda so acoustic, oh. you know, just beautiful, just beautiful. So we, we sang that right in the middle of the rotunda, uh, acapella. And, um, and then from there, I think was, was it from there? We yeah. went out onto the balcony. Yeah. We, 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 yeah. uh, we, we were able to step out onto the speaker's porch. It, it's yeah. the speaker of the house, his private patio, uh, that overlooks yep. the entire national mall all the way down to the Washington monument Beautiful and uh, big Christmas trees are lit up and it's just, a. A, a, a beautiful setting. And we, we come off the speaker's porch and our speaker's patio there. And, uh, uh, uh one of our guys, uh, standing in the hallway and, and, and a gentleman walks out of the, the speaker of the house's office and says, oh, hi there. My name is Mike. And, uh, <laughs> introduces himself, uh, to one of our guys. Well, that was speaker of the house, Mike Johnson. Yeah. And so that was a, a real delight to run into the speaker. We had a chance to talk to him about uh, who we are as a ministry and what we do uh, in terms of making disciples of Jesus Christ in the political arena globally. And he was blown away to see guys from Africa and guys from Europe and guys from Canada and Latin America. Yeah. And uh, we just stopped and Brian, you were talking to him and asked if, if we could just pray for him. And yeah. Uh, you, you know, it was, uh, it was certainly just, you know, I, I, I walked in um, from the, from the balcony as you were talking about, and I, I saw him there. And of course I knew who he was right away. And then uh, um, just to be able to talk to him, he, he was aware of our ministry, but he didn't yeah. really know the, the breadth and the depth of our ministry. And, uh, and so to be able to share that with him and then, you know, I just said, Hey, you've, w- w- would you mind if, if we prayed over you? And he was like, uh, man, he just bowed his head and he opened his hands, you know, to, to the Lord. And, uh, so we were, we were able to have the opportunity to pray with him. I think he said something along the lines of, uh, I could use all the prayer I could get. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was neat. And so just to know that we have a real brother in Christ who's doing good work, just really, really good work. And somebody yeah. who really needs, needs our prayer. Yep. And, uh, so, you know, th- there were so many, so many other highlights of people that, uh, came, I, I, I would start naming names, but, uh, I'm I'm gonna not be able to remember most of them, but what would you say? At least at least ten legislators came to talk to us. Yeah, over the course of the week. Yep, Senator and, Steve uh, Daines, uh, yeah. Senator Katie Britt, uh, former governor of uh, Wisconsin Scott Walker. Scott Walker. Yeah, James Langford. James Langford, Senator Langford. Uh, uh, I think Congressman Kramer uh, from uh, North Dakota. T. Uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Congressman. From- uh, um, 
from Thompson. Pen- yeah, from G- we call him GT. GT, GT, GT Thompson from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a, a great number of them that came and, yep. and were highlights. So hey, we had a great time in DC. It and, was good. Uh, yeah, uh, I want you uh, if, if you're listening to this podcast, I, I want you to be encouraged. Like there are some really good men and women who are really fighting the battle. And, uh, you know, we get to hear, we, we get to hear on the news, you know, all the negative stuff and whatever, and there's plenty of that to go around, but be encouraged that we have people in there that are really fighting the fight. Hey, we took a lot of time on that first C our conference. Uh, we want to just briefly touch on something that, uh, has dominated some of the news headlines as of late. And, uh, we've titled this section confusion, but it's uh, really moral confusion, uh, within our, uh, institutions of learning, higher education and really our Ivy League schools are are, are really guilty of, of propagating some of this moral confusion that is leading to really a, a rotting away, I think, of, of our moral foundation as a nation. And we saw that on full display last week in the headlines. We had the uh, president of Harvard, president of Penn, and uh, president of MIT give testimony before Congress. And, and in that testimony before Congress, there's great concern to the, uh, to the rising sense of anti-Semitism on college campuses across the country. And one Congresswoman, I believe from, from New York asked the question, if calls for genocide against the Jewish people violated, uh, um, campus um, Protocol, protocols yeah. or policies right. or whatever, and uh, and and all three of these uh, presidents of these these prestigious universities could not offer a clear moral statement against uh, anti anti Semitic sentiments and genocide against the the, the Jewish people. And it really highlighted, Brian, something that uh, that we're seeing not not just in um, uh, institutions of higher learning, but in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our churches, even our places of business, where there's just moral confusion. Yeah, and it's abounding. It it is, and it was it was stark. It was you know. For somebody that was sitting uh, in front of the television watching those things, you almost felt embarrassed for them because they they had no clarity about them. They had no foundational structure uh, of truth about them. It almost reminded me of a, um, a few months ago when we were going for the Supreme Court nominee and they were asking if she knew if she could tell the difference between a male and a female, if there was a difference and she couldn't come out and, she and said, within, uh, that's not for me to say yeah so there was no clarity there um and and there's been a number of those things most recently within the last year or two where people have been asked to give moral uh, a statement of moral clarity on a particular particular issue and it seems to be that the only time that they can come up with a succinct answer is against the christian worldview yeah. uh, the biblical worldview and um, and they they're they're united on that but to to nail something down about either um, gender of um, not neutrality but uh, to, to nail something down about gender like male or female they can't do that and then on this one on this particular one about Israel is it wrong to uh, to denounce uh, genocidal uh, tendencies or talking points about about uh, the 
Yeah, is it wrong to call yeah. for the genocide of an entire people? And uh, you can't yes, just come it out is wrong. And say no, right? You can't just say no Be- oh, because they're morally, uh, not morally, they're intellectually more mature than the rest of us, and that they can't really give an, an answer because the intricacies are just so much more than the normal person can. Yeah, whatever, Brian. Um, they're beholden to an ideology that is contrary to God. Yeah, and uh, we were talking earlier today. Uh, Romans one is is very clarifying here. And I just want to read a section here of Romans chapter one, starting in verse 18. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Here we go. And and you saw that on full display where these very, very smart people supposedly supposedly are suppressing what is true. And, 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 And Paul goes on, he says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. Now here's where it gets really good for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him as God, and they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up to the lust of their hearts, impurity for uh, dishonoring their bodies among themselves. Uh, and, And because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And so, so this downward spiral of thinking that lends itself to moral confusion starts with what a person believes about the God of the Bible. And when you exchange the truth of God for a lie, that sets the table for all sorts of, of, uh, of, of, of societal moral rot and our, our society is moving off of its foundation. It, it's amazing because the the differences are becoming so stark. So somebody that believes just believes in God, just believes in God, there is a moral clarity about them that that like it, it at least makes sense. But somebody that's trying to brush God out of everything and they're yeah. having to replace God and godliness and spirituality with all of these other things, it's like the things that they're coming up with, Brian. I, I let, let's call it what, they're stupid. Yeah. They're they're just nonsensical. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, what, what at one point, you know, it used to be hard to differentiate between, I don't want to say right and left, but between right and wrong. Um, it, it's like the, the, the examples are just so stark, so stark. It's so stark. Hey, uh, we want to keep moving along here. So conference confusion, Christmas, Brian, I it's Christmas it. time. Uh, we're just a, a couple weeks away. Uh, this will probably be our final podcast recorded in the year 2023. Yeah. And so we'll catch up with our listeners in 2024. But as we, as we uh, are, are approaching Christmas, what are maybe some thoughts or maybe traditions or things that you're looking forward to as it relates to Christmas? Well, my, my overarching thought is this, you know, uh, this is a time that so many people celebrate and they might do it because of Jesus birth. They might do it because of family. They might do it because what, whatever, but this is a time that people recognize that there's something special about this time. For me, I look at this 
is just one of the pinnacle moments of of all history, uh, before Christ, after Christ, but uh, leading up. If if you go back and we were to do a deep dive into the prophecies, all the prophecies that the Messiah mm-hmm. uh, was to fulfill, the one that was going to come to redeem mankind, to take away the sins of the world, the Messiah. And then the angel, I I love Luke chapter one, where the angel, Gabriel, the archangel, the one from God himself comes and he starts talking, talking to people. First to Zechariah as he's uh, in the temple and Zechariah is scared to death and and he tells him what's going to happen. And and Zechariah is responsible. How how do I know this? And, uh, And the angel's like, he was a little ticked off. Gabriel was ticked off. He's like, don't you know who I am? I'm sent by God to give you a message, and you don't believe me? You can't talk until until he is born. And then Speaking this, of John the Baptist, his son. Yes, yes. yes. I'm sorry. And then and then uh, the angel goes just uh, shortly after that, goes to, um, uh, to Mary and gives her almost word by word the same the same announcement. You're going to have a son. Yeah. His name's going to be Jesus. And she says, "Well, how can I know this?" And and um, it's just how how the angel interacts between both of them. But when the Holy Spirit brings the seed, implants the seed of God into the womb of mankind, Mary. I look at that, and this is Brian Hansen's uh, personal viewpoint. It was the p- pinnacle moment of all time where God becomes man, mm. uh, Philippians chapter two. Yeah. But, um, anyway, I just, I, I reflect on this and I'm just so grateful, Brian, as I know you are for the gift of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And this is the time of year that we celebrate that. Amen. Well, Hey folks, uh, Merry Christmas to you all. We, uh, we want to wish uh, you and your families great joy as you reflect on the savior's birth And uh, we'll see you next time in 2024.